0: You're listening to the Counseling Clinic Podcast with Aisha G and
1: Lisa Michelle, the show for up-and-coming mental health professionals, advocates, and anyone else wanting to learn more about the mental health field from two not-so-professional professionals.
0: The discussions in our episodes are not a replacement for seeking professional individual mental health care and should not be viewed as
1: part of one's own personal mental health treatment. Our conversations are geared toward assisting mental health professionals, advocates and others interested with thought-provoking ideas and resources. For our full disclosure statement, visit our website at thecounselingclinicpodcast.com. Hello, folks. Hey, everyone.
0: Welcome back if you're a returning listener if you're new here we are happy to have you thank you for joining us today we are in the holiday season folks Thanksgiving is in just a few days yay so with the holidays up on us we get excited, right, and we look forward to lots of things, but sometimes we can overlook important stuff. And we'll be talking about one of those things that tends to get overlooked today, and that is disordered eating. Um, so today we'll be talking about disordered eating around the holidays. So Michelle, let's start with defining some of the eating disorders that can be a bit more challenging during the holiday
1: season. Yeah. So we're going to talk about four today. First is avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. This one coming out of the DSM-5 is persistent failure to meet appropriate nutritional or energy needs with significant weight loss, significant nutritional deficiency, um, a dependence on different means of like nutritional supplements. Mm -hmm. And then, like all other illnesses in the book, marked interference with psychosocial functioning, marked distress, that kind of thing.
0: Okay. Next is anorexia. Tell us about that one.
1: Yes. Now, this one comes with a couple of different specifiers, Mm -hmm. and you can have a specifier of just restrictive, like restricting your food intake anorexia, or a binging and purging component to anorexia. But with anorexia nervosa, we're talking about restricting food intake relative to physical requirements. So that's going to be age, gender, size, BMI, all of that, which is going to lead to significantly low body weight. Also intense fear of gaining weight or persistent behavior that interferes with weight gain. And then disturbance in the way one's body's weight or shape is experienced. Mm -hmm. And so this can be kind of almost like a dysphoria of how you see yourself, how you experience your body. And that's one of the big components of this one. Right. And to add to that, there's also
0: something that is being called atypical anorexia. Um, mm-hmm. It does not have its own code yet. And that may not mean anything to you if you're not a clinician, which is fine. But it's it's not separated yet. It's identified as an unspecified eating disorder. But it's atypical anorexia because it meets all the criteria, except the person is not underweight. Um, and I think that's important to mention, especially around the holidays, because, mm-hmm. you know, we tend to behave based on people's looks and their appearance and their behavior, right? Um, but those things don't always match. So if somebody says they have anorexia, I would not be surprised by somebody saying, no, look how big you is. You, you don't got
1: no anorexia, which is ridiculous, right? Which is so ridiculous. And, but yeah, comments like that happen.
0: Exactly. And so so I just wanted to mention that that, that is also a thing, right? That that can happen.
1: And we're going to go into the next one in a second uh, with bulimia nervosa. But one of the things, too, is that you don't always look like what you think you would look like with And eating disorder. Now with anorexia, aside from the atypical presentation, Mm -hmm. you do like that is part of it is that you are markedly underweight. Yes. Right. For your stature and your size and whatever. But other than that, you may not look like what you've always seen on TV. Right. Right. And so that can be really difficult when people start making comments. Without awareness, right? (laughs) right? Or even of one's history, right? If someone's in remission or recovery from these uh, illnesses, they may still have those thoughts and those struggles, but they don't look like it anymore.
0: Yes. uh, People with eating disorders... Often suffer from relapse the way people with other mm-hmm. addictions mm-hmm. do. So I say that to say, not to get us off track, but to say that everything is not about your thoughts, right? And it's, most often it is quite unnecessary to make those unnecessary comments that, that right. people make. Anyway, to get us back on track, <laughs> Michelle, can you tell us about bulimia nervosa? Yes.
1: Yeah, so this one is, I would say, gets used interchangeably with anorexia by mm-hmm. a lot of people who are not diagnosing it right. um, or experiencing it because uh, they're not the same. But because anorexia can have a binge purging specifier, people just get them confused. Yeah. So with bulimia, you have to have recurrent binge eating episodes, which in defining binge eating, there's a lot of stuff but essentially... Eating within a two-hour window portions that are inappropriate, if Mm -hmm. you will. Right. And we're not talking like, I ate a really big salad. Right. No. Uh, We're talking pretty large quantities of food Mm -hmm. uh, within a two-hour window. And then recurrent compensatory episodes. So this can be purging. This can be misuse of laxatives. This can be excessive workouts. Mm -hmm. Yep. And again, when I say excessive workout, we're not talking like, I went to the gym for an extra 15, 20 minutes today. No. Right. We're talking hours, like truly unhealthy amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then self-evaluation being unduly influenced by the body shape or weight. So one of the key ways to really remember the some of the differences is that with anorexia, you have to have significantly low body weight. Mm-hmm. Again, unless it's the atypical specifier or classification, and then you have to have a binge eating episode and compensatory method, you know, with anorexia, you you get that if that's the type of specifier you have, and there's some other stuff, but with bulimia, that is the thing.
0: Okay. And then finally, tell us about binge eating disorders.
1: Yes. So I will say this before we go into the definition, binge eating disorders can be more difficult to find studies and treatment for specifically, Mm -hmm. because it's, I feel like more recently getting recognized truly for a disorder. So I have a lot of thoughts on that one anyway. So binge eating disorders are qualified by binge eating episodes without compensatory behaviors. So you're not purging. You're not going to the gym for a billion hours. You're not doing any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You're just having those episodes. Now with that comes... The episodes, you know, bring on intense feelings of like shame or guilt or sadness. You feel like significant loss of control while eating or with food. So there's a lot of stuff to define binge eating in these episodes versus like with bulimia, right? Okay. It, it's a little more fine-tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, marked distress, marked dysfunctioning, that kind of thing.
0: hmm Thank you for going over those. So, those are our four disorders that we'll kind of mostly be focused on today. Um, And then, of course, I threw in that fifth one with atypical anorexia. But I say that to say that there are other types of eating disorders. Yes. And other ones that probably are impacted during the holidays because our holidays tend to be centered around food, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, but those are the ones that we will mention today.
1: We also have some stats for you guys. So these stats come from uh, the National Association of Anorexia Nervosa and Associated Disorders website, which is listed below. And the first one is that eating disorders affect at least 9% of the population worldwide. If you think about it for various disorders, you know, we have numerous, numerous mental illnesses Mm -hmm. and, and mental disorders. So the the fact that this one is 9% of, at least 9% of the population, that's a good chunk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And to me, that also says that there's a lot of overlap, which Mm -hmm. one, we know, right? We do know that, but two, I'm a clinician. So of course, I would think that. So But anyway, but that yeah, that's a a big chunk of the population that's a a big deal,
1: right? Yeah, that's struggling with the same thing. Yeah, that's a lot of people struggling.
0: They also note that less than six percent of people with eating disorders are medically diagnosed as underweight. Which kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, right? With the atypical mm-hmm. Um, and anorexia. Um, those people are not underweight, but they are definitely struggling with their eating habits and their view of themselves, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if we see changes in that pretty soon. Like I said, anorexia, atypical anorexia doesn't have its own code yet, but I wouldn't be
1: surprised if it gets
0: one pretty soon.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Relatively soon, you know. <laughs> right. Soon for the world of the DSM, <laughs> right? Right. The next one is that between 28 and 74% of risk for eating disorders is genetic.
0: Right. Which also kind of falls into place, right, with people who also struggle with it or who have seen it or are, you know, maybe in remission by now, like them making the wrong comments for somebody who is currently going through it. Like that that kind of falls into place too. Um, Eating disorders... Are the second deadliest category of mental illness, um, with approximately ten thousand deaths per year.
1: Man, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. That's which I think too speaks to level of severity, right? And the fact yeah. that it is getting so overlooked. Yeah. You know, we hear people dying from mental illness related causes, and we think of depression or yeah. more psychosis based things when. When clearly, eating disorders are one of the top struggles.
0: Right. Right. That's a really good point. Also, athletes may be less likely to seek treatment for eating disorders. Remember that they're not saying that they don't have them. They are less likely to seek treatment for them because of stigma or accessibility or even sports-specific barriers, like maybe, you know, scholarship right the risk of losing a scholarship or endorsements or that kind of thing I would also imagine that and and this is not on the stats list so I don't have the proof but I would imagine that another reason they would not seek treatment would be the stigma of like how much they eat right like Mm. athletes tend to have you know Team cooks and team meals right. and things like that, and and so like around their counterparts, their teammates, they may be eating tons of stuff at at a time, and then people may expect them to eat a lot because they're
1: athletes. Yeah, and two, kind of what you mentioned with the scholarship concern, mm-hmm. playing right? Like if right. you have to go through treatment for a an eating disorder, you, you're not going to get to be on the field. Or the court or whatever you're playing. Right. These last uh, three or four have to do with young children uh, and preteens. 81% of 10-year-old children are afraid of being fat. That is so young. That is so many. Also, mm-hmm. 81%, 81%. Is, is plenty over half.
0: Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. 46% of 9 to 11 year olds are sometimes that uh, are very often on diets. Like that's how they identified that they are sometimes or very often on diets.
1: So young. And then lastly, 35 to 57% of adolescent girls engage in any of the following crash dieting, fasting, self-induced vomiting, diet pills, or laxatives.
0: That is really heartbreaking. Yeah. Because even when I read that stat, even as a clinician, I thought, "Yeah, I could see that being true," you know. And and like it's heartbreaking yeah. that that that's almost normal, right?
1: Yeah, that it didn't surprise us more. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And again, all these stats and more are uh, listed below, and they are heartbreaking, but also. Very interesting as to see they're broken down by different groups of people, different ages. So definitely give those a look.
0: So again, we put so much emphasis on food during the holidays and and basically all of them, right? You know, right? Um, <laughs> my mother in law says <laughs> between October and April, you really don't stand a chance,
1: right? <laughs> I mean, that's a like, and that's really because sometimes I forget on into February and March, but I mean, you do, right? That's- Absolutely right. April, Easter. Yeah. So literally, and and that's
0: that's more than half the year. Yeah. I guess this is exactly half, but, you know, still, that's a lot. So that can be really difficult for people battling with eating disorders, right? Like any other mental illness. So, you know, when there are things that are stress inducing, um, that can be hard to face, right? So not only facing the food, but even the gatherings themselves. right? That's right. So let's get into some ways that we can um, kind of make the season more bearable for people
1: struggling with eating disorders. I think the first one is just think before you speak. Definitely. Commenting on someone's size, whether it's um, a change, attempted a compliment, whatever. You just don't have to do it. You really don't. Right. You can tell someone that they look pretty or great without adding a weight component to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you look like you've lost weight, you're trimming down, whatever. You don't have to add that part. You can just right. say you look nice, you know?
0: Or you put on some weight. <laughs> yeah. Also, don't do that. <laughs> Please, you know, sometimes hello is enough, you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) right on the same note, commenting on someone's food intake, whether you think it's too much or too little again, it's just not necessary. Mm -hmm. Someone may be struggling to make a plate right at the gathering, whether that be for they want to put more on or they want to put less food on. They're the ones making the plate, right? Let them handle that. Right. What about you?
0: sometimes i was going to say on the kind of on the same note that you were just talking sometimes any mention of food at all can be stress inducing for people who suffer with eating disorders right or disordered yeah. eating so even as simple as you know somebody walks into a party and you say oh hey did you get something to eat you know uh hurry up and eat before the food is gone Um, you know, like that kind of stuff seems harmless and it's, it's very likely well intentioned. Um, but sometimes just the attention to their food is enough to induce a certain amount of stress. Um, so as much as you can, right. We don't, we're not saying don't. Be well intentioned, right? You know, we know, right? Grandmothers like to make sure everybody eats, right? (laughs) And that's That's fine, but also just try to be mindful of unnecessary comments about food yeah. or of over commenting on food
1: you know if we're talking about hospitality there's a way to yes. extend that without getting into the nitty-gritty of hey don't forget to make your plate mm-hmm. oh i see you haven't eaten anything mm-hmm. you know you can say hey the food's back there help yourself you're welcome right. to it and right. then you can move on right that was a good example i like that one. Oh, thank you i would say a big one for me is we have to chill with the pressure to attend all the things. Um, Yeah. I think it's unreasonable and frustrating if you're on the receiving end of it to ask or expect someone to attend all of these things, all of these events during the holiday season. Yeah, Right. I know you want to be with your family. I know you want to be with your friends, but some people just don't have the bandwidth in this season to do all of these things. Right. And that's, That's got to be okay with us. Yeah. And so I want to say that it's very okay if someone declines an invitation. Mm -hmm. They have their own stuff to deal with. And you probably have yours that you may be avoiding. (laughs) Right. So let's just keep that on the table. Anyway.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good point and and I want to mention that there is a lot of middle ground um mm-hmm. between attending a gathering and not attending, right? right? Um some of that pressure is put on us by other people and sometimes we put it on ourselves mm-hmm. um for whatever reason, right? Whether food is involved or not, but right now we're talking about food, so let's go with that. So if you are struggling with an eating disorder, There's middle ground. You can, if you're in the place, right, and it's okay with you and, and your treatment team, there are limitations that you can set for yourself or challenges that you can set for yourself or wherever you are in your practice of treatment. That doesn't mean that gatherings have to be completely ruled out forever or that's because right. you feel bad, you have to go to all of them all the time without considering yourself, right? There's a lot of that's middle right. ground and you can talk to your treatment team about that Um and even talk to them about your own ideas, right? The ideas don't have to come from them. You can present ideas too because that's how it works. You guys work together as a team to help you in your process. And with that, if somebody declines an invitation, please don't automatically jump to that they have an eating disorder, right? Again, there is a lot of, of middle ground in between. Okay, so you don't have to put stuff on them and they don't have to put stuff on you. Like there, there's a lot of wiggle room in the middle. So just because somebody declines an invitation does not mean that the Counseling Clinic podcast accused them of having an eating disorder. That is not what we are saying.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Again, some stuff, whether it's you highly believe this is what someone has, most likely you don't have to share it unless you're in right. a, a a really good space for that. Mm-hmm. And usually at Thanksgiving is not that place. Right. I can't think of a Thanksgiving setting where that is the time. Right. Uh, the last one for me is to keep awareness, you know, so this is not the issue that you deal with. That's fine. Mm hmm. But most likely you know someone let me say struggling with the topic of food at one of the events you'll be at over the next six months. yeah So again, the comments or the and I'll say comments even about yourself right talking about oh I shouldn't eat this or I feel you yeah. know
0: that's a those kind of
1: things can still be difficult to hear as well. Yeah
0: And so mine is less about other people and more for the people struggling with disordered eating. Be kind to yourself, right? You don't have to succumb to food pushing. <laughs> I'm laughing at the term. That's right. I'm laughing at the term "food pushing" because I heard that on a Noom commercial. So I don't know if that's like <laughs> their term or whatever. Right? But, um, but I think you guys get what I mean when I say food pushing. You know, you don't have to succumb to that. Your needs are just as important as other people's feelings. Um, so even if you don't want to offend them by declining, you you still have your own needs, and those are, are just right. as important and just as okay. To respect, right? You can honor your own boundaries. Also, be patient with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Eating disorders are hard. Just, you know, just like any other serious illness, th- it is hard, right? It's going to be challenging to find a balance. Yes. And, and you may not get that balance right every time. That is okay. Be patient with yourself. And again, don't count yourself out, right? You don't have to not go to the gatherings ever in life, right? You don't have to go to all of them, right? It's okay to be somewhere in the middle. It's okay to find your middle, right? It's okay to have reservations about going and and be anxious about how you'll stand up to different temptations. That's perfectly normal, but that doesn't mean that you have to live in fear either, right? There is a middle ground that you can find, And I hope that you can be patient with yourself and be kind to yourself.
1: Absolutely love that. If there's anything in the midst of this holiday season and and battling eating disorders year round, Mm -hmm. is that we have to give ourselves some grace in the journey and the process of recovery.
0: And I know that people forget about this part, but I professionally and personally, I truly believe that a lot of the stuff we deal with is the pressure we put on ourselves right you know the pressure to attend holiday gatherings and the pressure to not offend people and the pressure to look a certain way and weigh a certain amount and have arms this size and comparing ourselves to other people so be be kind to yourselves right so that is all we have for you today guys Thank you again for joining us. I hope that you found some of this information helpful and beneficial. And I hope it was a nice, gentle reminder to consider yourself and other people, right? Let us know your thoughts and experiences. Of course, we wanna hear from you. Tell us if you are or a loved one struggle with disordered eating and that makes the holidays more challenging, we would like to know about that so that we can, you know, add to our information. Are you looking for resources for disordered eating? We have some links in the show notes that might be helpful to you. Are you a clinician with tips to share? We would appreciate those as well. And of course, as always, let us know if we missed anything so that we can all learn and grow together. So thank y'all again for listening, and we will see y'all next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Counseling Clinic with Aisha Jane
1: and Lisa Michelle. Remember to check out our website at thecounselingclinicpodcast.com.
0: And follow us on Instagram at the Counseling Clinic Podcast. We'll see you guys by our next session. Bye, guys.